Ladies and gentlemen, if you or a loved one have been diagnosed with skinny arms, weak, flabby muscles, and a general, just a pathetic uh, ability to lift weights, then you may be entitled to a discount code from OpenGuardCast. OpenGuardCast25 is a discount code you can use for election performance to become thick, mean, and swole. Uh, you, you don't need to be mean. You can be really nice and still be swole. But use our discount code, and you will be able to become thick. Ladies and gentlemen, today we are joined... I am joined, Jake Watson, by Danny O'Donnell, and I'm joined by a friend, uh, an amazing brown belt competitor, a talent, and uh, also Danny. Uh, <laughs> no, we're joined by the Bolo Bros today. Um, no, it's no, it's awesome. We're joined by we're joined by Nick Salas, and uh, I I'm. You know, it's embarrassing, but I'll, I'll be candid. I totally forgot your last name. I've been calling you Danny Freestyle. I've been calling you Danny Freestyle for so long. And I You've forgot. Been like, Danny Fre- I've been Danny Freestyle since you met me. We can just roll with that. But for everybody else, it's Danny Myra. Um, it's it's okay it. if you don't remember. I just changed my last name from Myra to Freestyle. So people can <laughs> No, because like your mom, I, I, I went you out to. Uh, out of this, sir. <laughs> well, listen, whoa, I was going to compliment you and your family. Dear Lord, what are you doing? You're putting people's minds in the gutter. No, I was saying that when we went out to Gotham West Market and we had um, those um, that amazing food, your mom was so kind and I called her Mrs. Myra and she told me to never call her that again. So I was like, <laughs> <laughs> she's like, no, if you're going to call, I would rather you call it's me Mrs. mom. Freestyle to you. It's funny that you say that, like Nick and everybody else, they just call her uh, Mama Freestyle. Yeah. Mama okay. Freestyle. Mama Freestyle. I'm going to call her that. I'm, a, I'm officially a Freestyle Myra fan. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's so great to have you guys on. We're a huge fan of your guys' podcast. We love that you guys do the Instagram lives and you interview such high level athletes. Uh, and we like that you guys are two genuinely like authentic, great people that are doing awesome interviews, which I feel like is is we need more of that in our sport now and uh we just you know we, we've been trying to get you guys on for a while i know danny usually uh when we're supposed to be filming he just is taking a dump somewhere but uh, <laughs> nick salas he uh we have a lot to go over today so and danny's i don't know if you have gathered by this lengthy introduction but danny's the smart one on the show he's the one with the actual full brain inside of his head so uh, i'll let danny kick off whatever question uh danny will man I, okay wait first of all before you continue uh, i gotta i say danny like danny like my co-host and then i see like danny like danny myra i'm gonna call you freeze i'm gonna say what's up freestyle and i'm gonna that's whenever i address you you're gonna be freestyle all right i'll be freestyle i'm, I'm down with that all right cool <clears throat> but, yeah thank dude thank you so much for having us on the show and uh thank you so much for uh hitting us up and uh, you know we, i know I, I don't know for nick but i do listen and uh I appreciate the the interviews and the guests that you have on. It's actually it's it, we need more of this. So uh, from me, I, I definitely thank you and I appreciate you guys for doing this. Yeah, yeah sure. I appreciate it. You know, like I'm a big fan of Jake. Jake, I've been watching jujitsu for a while. So this is it's awesome to finally talk to you, finally meet you. So this is awesome, man. Thank you. Um, if you ask Dan, if you ask a freestyle. Uh, now nah, I'm just gonna call him punk bitch. If you ask a no freestyle. If you ask freestyle, sorry, I'm just mad at Danny for the Gotham West Market thing. Um, <laughs> if you ask freestyle, I'm not that good. <laughs> Thank you though, I really appreciate it. All right, Danny, go on. I'm gonna I'm gonna like fight. I'm gonna travel to New Hampshire, <laughs> fight Danny. 
This is what happens, by the way, everyone, when you have two black belts interviewing two brown belts, and two of (laughs) those four people are just, like, nothing but sarcastic, and then the other two people are, like, the smarter ones that are like, let's bring it back in. Let's reel it back in. Exactly what's going on. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so do you guys just want to start out talking about like what you've been up to lately? Everyone is kind of dealing with the same COVID stuff. So we kind of talked a little bit before we started recording about where you guys are like geographically, but if you just want to give everyone like an update. Uh, what's COVID? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I was so no. <laughs> no i mean uh nick go, go ahead man I, i've been rambling on already too much i'm gonna try to shut up a little bit more yeah man I, I would just say like the beginning of the quarantine was probably like the best where me and danny were able to get together and and you know just kind of me and him just be able to really concentrate on jujitsu and really kind of uh see what our plans were or kind of join our brains together and, and, and figure out what our next move was going to be in terms of our careers, in terms of what we were going to do in case Marcel's wasn't going to open. So it was really a good time for us to kind of like catch up, so to speak, and, 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 and kind of figure out what our next move was. I mean, throughout the months, we were able to kind of add people in as we went, uh, as we went with it. So we've kind of juggled around some different locations. We started out in my, in my new house house where I'm actually living in right now but uh we then moved into my old house while my dad was kind of renovating things to put it back on the market we put mats down in the living room we invited people that we've trained with in the past you know people that were interested in training with us and we were able to really kind of keep the keep the training environment going for a lot of people so I thought that was really special uh we were able to offer that to people who were interested in training with us and and at the same time me and Danny were able to you know keep up to date with our teaching by, by, by sharing our knowledge with people. And we were able to train me and him, you know, keep our technique sharp and, you know, focus on bullet bros, everything like that. But until recently, uh, my dad had to sell the house. So we're kind of, uh, you know, operating remotely now, as you see, Danny's in New Hampshire. Um, I'm still home. So when he comes back from New Hampshire, he'll be in PA and, and I'm sure going to be trying to get together a couple times a week to kind of keep this momentum going with everything we're working on, everything we've worked hard to develop throughout the quarantine and make sure that doesn't fall off. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't, I don't know how deep Danny wants to go into uh, our upcoming plans. Um, um, I mean, I think we can talk about some of those for sure, but uh, Nick definitely mispronounced undisclosed location. Um, but uh <laughs> No, um, yeah, for sure. When, when I get back, I mean, uh, I can't wait to, to get back to it and hit it. This whole, we've had like, it hasn't even been a full week, but like we've had for the first time in maybe, I want to say five months is we've probably had, I think five days away from each other, Nick and I. And, uh, yeah, it's like, it's kind of nice, but it's also kind of like, oh, I want to get back to work. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So it's like, it's kind of interesting. So Nick is like, you know, Nick's basically like my brother that I never had. So we have like kind of a weird dynamic, I guess, but uh, it's, it's pretty funny when, you know, we get together and we can just, we have the same goals, we have the same ambitions and the same work ethic where we're just like every waking moment of like every day, just like, dude, like push towards your goals, just work super hard and just keep going. And, uh, you know, that's like, 
for me, it's, it's like the most important thing is to surround yourself with people who have the same goals as you um, and surround yourself with people who are willing to sacrifice what needs to be sacrificed and to act on those goals to make them a reality. And that's something that Nick does, uh, as well as myself, literally to, you know, the upteenth degree. Like, we, we've sacrificed everything for it. We've sacrificed, you know, uh, different relationships, different jobs, different uh, locations, different, you know, like any kind of, you know, pay scale that uh, would have uh, really pushed us forward in life at, a, at the rate that would have been, you know, considered normal or something like that. But, uh, you know, what we've gained is uh, my only regret is like not doing it sooner, you know. So, um, but yeah, I think, yeah, you know, I, we definitely push each other pre-quarantine, but there's nothing like kind of being together all day. And, yeah. And, like we were in the quarantine, like that was a whole new level of, of, of pushing each other, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you hang out, you hang out with this guy for an hour and then you can't help be inspired. And then quarantine kind of happened. We were actually kind of isolated before quarantine, but it was like, it, it was like the most intense, like, all right, so you hang out with somebody for an hour and you feel inspired. Imagine just living with them for like half a year. It's like, holy, like, it, it was nuts. So I think we made more, pro I think me personally, I think I made more progress in like, you know, knowledge and skills and life and everything than like in the last few months than I did in years, years. So um, it's, it's been really great. And uh, we're excited to push forward with uh, a new project um, as we're unsure about how New York is going to go and nobody really knows and we're hoping for the best. Uh, to, to chase our goals and, you know, keep pushing basically what we kind of uh, are doing is going to be continuing the kind of Bolo Bros house idea in a yeah. little bit larger location. And, uh, you know, we're going to have some people come in and train and kind of like a little studio, if you will. And, um, you know, we're going to use that to fund our competing and teaching at the highest level if we can. And, uh, eventually when New York opens up to get back up to training every there, uh, over there every week and going and competing at the top level. And I, I feel it necessary to do you guys more justice. I was joking with Danny earlier in the podcast and made me, but he's a friend <laughs> of mine, but you guys both do. And, uh, I'm a big fan of, of yours as well, Nick. I like that you guys both have this incredibly infectious personality and in a very, very good way. I remember Danny, uh, I fought, or Danny Myra, I fought at uh, Nogi Worlds and I got beat by Gabriel. I made it in the first round. The very first thing Danny did was, first of all, come up to me. No, 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 this isn't, This is, you might think this is a funny memory. First thing he did to me was come up and say, dude, like, what about this option? He pulled me aside and he showed me a couple options that would have been better from the position that I was struggling with all match. And he was like, dude, like, think about that. Think about all the, all the different things you can do. Danny, you're a very talented Nogi grappler. Um, and I liked you guys, like after hearing what your guys' goals are and whether or not you want to go super far into your guys' plans for the future or not on this podcast is up to you guys. But I, I, you guys definitely have our full support and we're definitely super excited. Uh, it's one of the reasons why we want to have you on the show. One of the purposes of open guard cast is to highlight amazing people that are more than just athletes. They're trying to be great for the community. So just clearing the air for the people listening. I do not hate Danny Myra. I love Danny Myra uh, and Nick Salas. And uh, yeah, no, you that's that's awesome, guys. It's really good to hear. 
I did have a, a follow-up question for you guys because I've been thinking about this a lot and been talking to some people about it, but it seems like the one positive that's come out of all this, like quarantine and, and so forth, is that it kind of gives you time to like think about your future and really plan because a lot of times when you're just like in the day-to-day grind, you're just doing the same things every day and maybe you're getting better and progressing, but you're not really – at least – personally maybe not thinking as much into the future as as you should be so like do you do you guys feel like that was one of the benefits for you guys i know you touched on it a little bit but yeah oh man i i definitely feel like the biggest difference is because nick and i are super focused on our future and we're willing to sacrifice whatever it is that we got to sacrifice that will get us to our goals uh so we've always been focused on the future the difference that quarantine gave us was the insight to be like wait a minute Like, yeah, you're focused on your future, but like you didn't realize this option, that option, this option, that option, whether it's business, whether it's, uh, you know, interviewing people for the Bolo Bros, trying to help the community and uh, share some information with people or uh, the the biggest part is our own training. And when we got stuck together and just started studying in depth on every position, we were like, we really don't know as much as, you know, we thought we knew <laughs> <laughs> yeah well man yeah, you guys I mean, showed that oh sorry i don't mean to interrupt but you guys showed that sure. that single leg x with the uh what is it the, uh the uh, lapel guard from single leg x yeah single leg and x i did a beautiful position. job i did a beautiful job oh my up at third coast <laughs> so jake, jake watson competes at third coast grappling i'm super hyped for the match i'm sharing all this promo stuff leading up to it i'm like yo like don't sleep on my boy don't sleep on my boy he goes into the match he gets into like one of like my stronger positions uh single leg x worm and i was like oh it's over let's get over let's go and then like he got dived on by uh that's pretty good it didn't go as the plan but uh i was still super proud of him i was super hyped but uh, i had to roast him afterwards and i was like Bro, if you just watched my page, man. Yeah, he's like, he's like, he watched the video, he watched the video. And then five seconds later, <laughs> no, he didn't watch the video. <laughs> but uh, Nick, what were you saying? Uh, no, I was just going to add that uh, uh, something that a lot of people don't know either is that we commute to ourselves like two hours away. So Danny lives near Philly. I live in South Jersey. So we're looking at four hours of commuting a day to train that's that's trip. no traffic uh, no new yeah jersey transit, no new jersey transit stalling yes. out um and yeah, yeah. And, well, that's, okay, that's, that's a whole conversation but it's basically <laughs> two hours there and then two hours back and not to mention you know uh i help out with the gym so you know i have to clean the mats i have to do my duties so you're looking at really we're only doing three to four hours of jujitsu a day sometimes maybe sometimes more maybe sometimes less when we were quarantined together, it was like jujitsu the moment we woke up to yeah. the time we went to bed, you know? So uh, just that extra four hours a day of, of brainstorming and breaking down technique and, and doing things for the for the Bola Bros brand, whatever it may be, we were just able to maximize the whole day in a way that we weren't used to either. So yeah. in the beginning, we had to learn how to manage our time a little bit better because we're like, what do we do with all this extra time, dude? Like, I'd be on the train <laughs> you know or something like that but, yeah you know we got the hang of it dude it, it was it was awesome like the amount the amount of things we could do in a day together uh was like a next level thing for us so that's a that's a whole different aspect of quarantine that most people don't realize because most people have the luxury of living 
within a couple miles of their of their gym, yeah. and we we didn't have that luxury. Yeah, that's that's I couldn't agree more. It's like just talking about the time for the commute is a huge thing, but also talking about the financial side of it, like that's a, a you know you guys can do the math on that, but it is a lot of money between paying yeah. for train tickets between paying for parking, between paying for a membership for me, and between all the competitions, the traveling, everything else with no sponsorship help uh, was huge. So, you know, I, I know for myself, I've been hitting up all types of different companies trying to get sponsored this and that for like years. And like, I've never really gotten any bites on anything um, or they don't respond or whatever it is, what it is. Um, but we, we kind of had the idea of, or not the idea, just the mentality of like, screw it. We're going to just be our own sponsors and we're going to do this ourselves. and we don't need anybody else. You know, if this is how it's going to be, this is how it's going to be. So we're just going to do it ourselves and keep pushing. So I feel like that's really interesting that you felt like you were making like a lot of progress when it started because you were just training all day. You didn't have to do the commute and all that type of stuff. Do you think that's going to yeah. affect like, yeah, that's, I mean, that's crazy to me, like all those hours of commuting. And all that money that you put into it. But do you feel like that's going to change how you train when things are like back opened up completely? Like, do you feel like you're maybe going to have some days where you're commuting to Marcelo's and maybe some days where you're just, you know, training with each other all day and um, yeah, just that um, type of thing? Definitely, I, I feel we've talked about the schedule and what we want. So we basically sat down and said, what's our perfect training schedule going to look like? And then we reverse engineered that to make it a reality. And uh, we kind of just worked backwards. And I feel like by the time everything opens up, <laughs> uh and, and everybody can train again and stuff what we'll be doing is uh going up to marcelo garcia academy in new york we'll be training with you know some of the top guys up there and we will be coming back in the afternoons evenings whatever uh maybe teaching some some classes helping some students get to that top level and and we can give back to the community and and uh the people who are investing in themselves we can help them out. And uh, in the meantime, while we're there, we're going to be training with each other and we're brainstorming and building up those around us so that we have uh, training partners that are like essentially giving us the reactions that we're really looking for. So that might take a little while or it might not, but uh, we are still working backwards towards making that happen. And Revgear never, never paid? They sponsored no, by Revgear. No. No, no, no. Rev, Rev Gear just gave me some like T-shirts and stuff, and was like, you know, make some posts. And I was like, all right. You gave me some T-shirts. Like, oh, I like your T-shirts. I'll make some posts. Uh, yeah. There's no, there was no pay. There was no nothing. I actually, I even competed in their stuff a bunch of times. Um, you know, it, they didn't really like uh, share too much stuff or help me out too much with with much anything. They weren't paying for anything or helping me out in any way. Really, uh, they just wanted me to like you know, share a lot of their stuff. And, and I did because they sent me some gear and their gear is nice. So I figured out, oh, like, I'll help them out. Why not? Um, but definitely, I would not say that's a sponsorship. What about you, Nick? Do you have, do you have like people that are able to support you a little bit? Or that's like um, one of my goals of this podcast is to eventually be able to like, if I ask somebody, do you have a sponsor? And they go, no, that some sponsor just goes, we got you. Now you do. <laughs> yeah. I think I, have, I, need, I need open guard cast to be a sponsor and just right? give me a big patch. It's it's gonna happen. That's what we want. That's a, don't that's threaten me at a good time. <laughs> no, and Danny brought up a good point. Like the whole point of of a lot of the things we do is so that we can sponsor ourselves. You know, the bigger our brand becomes, the more pull we have, the more seminars we can uh, get for us, and more private lessons. 
And this all goes back into, you know, the development of what we're trying to do with uh, opening up a studio and helping other people out. So it comes full circle. Uh, for me, uh, I have a gi sponsorship with Boya Brand, but there's nothing financial that comes with yep. it. Uh, but he gets nice geese, though. But I get nice geese <laughs> whenever I want. So that's a plus. But uh, besides that, like, I'm on the same boat as Danny. You know, a lot of my uh, uh, financial, you know, means for funding tournaments and funding travel just comes from me teaching and, and us grinding, getting uh, getting online privates or uh, or seminars or whatnot. So it's tough. But, you know, this, this is kind of like what we signed up to do. Uh, you know, Danny has a resume of other things he can do if he wasn't passionate about jujitsu. You know, uh, I have a bachelor's degree. I could have done that. And we decided to be mat rats and, and, and try to live out our, our, our passion. So, you know, this is kind of what we signed up for. It's, what do you it's, get a, yeah. Yeah, yeah, do you get a bachelor's degree in? Uh, biology. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right. yeah. I interned yeah, at Nick's a... Nick's low-key like a super smart guy. Loki, thanks, bro. <laughs> he's the he's the bolo big bro. <laughs> he's the big bolo bro. He's the, my older bolo brother. You know what's brother. so funny? It's so funny that you say that. So it's like bolo bros. It's like okay, but it's like I'm older. You know, I'm I'm 28 years old. <laughs> I'm 28 years old. I'm about to be 29. I'm I feel like I'm the old guy, and uh, you know I've been around the block a few times. And uh, man, Nick is like he's younger, but he's also like the opposite personality type, if that makes sense, where he's like, all right, let's be smart about this. Let's do this. And I'm like, like, oh, let's just go for it. I'm a collective. Like, You're just like, <laughs> <laughs> a, lot, a lot more. Yeah. A lot more. So I would say Danny's um, that guy you don't bring out on the town. Yeah. You're going to get arrested. <laughs> and you, you don't even know how. Oh, dude, trust me. Is, like, you hang out with Danny, something's going to happen. That's kind of like the running joke in our group of friends. Like, yeah. you're with Danny, be prepared for the worst. Right. <laughs> and, I, and I don't even, and I, that's not because I'm like a crazy alcoholic or something. I don't even no, drink. No, no, no. It doesn't come from I don't him. Even drink. It's just track. Crazy, crazy stuff happens. I don't know why. It just happens. That's okay. Wait, okay. So, Nick Salas, how old are you? I'm uh, 24. 24 and Danny, uh, you are. I'm 20, 28, about to be 29, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Fortunately, I guess fortunately I'm 29. Age is an illusion, as is time, as is death. That's what I always say. Age is an illusion. Yeah. Yeah. How old do you think? Hey guys, this is a running joke on the show. How old do you think my co-host is? 24. (laughs) Okay. Good guess. I like it. Danny Freestyle. How old is he? 31. Oh, oh, dude, that was good because I'm 31 tomorrow. What? Birthday <laughs> tomorrow? I, was, yeah. I thought Danny was being rude as shit. Like, I, don't know if here, but I thought he was just being rude. <laughs> yeah, no, he's it's actually he's a uh, he's uh, eight years my elder. Wow. I'm 20. I'm 22. Yeah. <laughs> I always look the youngest on the show, but I'm always the oldest. Yeah, he That's looks the youngest because so I can grow this hat, this glorious half beard. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. I can tell because once you get past 28, there's a certain way you wear your hat backwards. Uh, <laughs> since we both did that, since we both did that, and both our names are Danny. I could just tell. You knew I was older. Oh my gosh! Yeah, the the below 25 guys just let it rock up here. There's like it's like whatever they like, looks yeah, like. Whatever. Both wearing a long sleeve thermal T-shirt, like. <laughs> 
<laughs> just whatever, scary. dude. We just put on. I guarantee you, Nick just put on a shirt and came out here. Danny, yeah. Danny Myra was like, "Oh, I gotta get my hat backwards yeah. and pull <laughs> my you know, beard." It's funny, dude. Actually, like, uh, I just came back from lunch, dude, and I was like, I did that earlier. I was like, uh, I don't really feel like doing my. I'll just put a hat on. And uh, I did the but same I, I've been wearing, I've been wearing the hat and everything that all day. But I do have sweatpants on right now. It is really hot, and uh, I've been getting made fun of for that. But. Yeah. Dang, it's hot in Arizona. I think it's a record-breaking day in Arizona today. It's like 115 degrees outside. I don't know what it's like to live on the sun, so I guess I could just ask you. But uh, <laughs> I try hot, to stay dude. away from Arizona. It's really hot, dude. Yeah, don't I think ever... it's honestly, if a state starts with the letter A, I don't need to really ever visit there again. Arkansas, <laughs> Alabama. Uh, that's it. Alaska, <laughs> Arizona. <laughs> Arizona. I was really just thinking about Arizona because you're there, but oh uh, well, Alaska's <laughs> really nice. So no, I, I I have not been to Alaska. I can't wait to go though. There's like eight uh, people there, so <laughs> Sarah Palin's one of them. <laughs> That's about it. Um, so we have uh we actually have an interesting conundrum that I've been I I don't I don't want to go too far into it, but it has to do with the fact that Mr. Nick Salas is the fight to win brown belt. Ooh. Gi champion, lightweight, right? 155? Yeah, 155, undisputed. Undisputed, rightfully sitting on the throne. And uh, I I don't think that it needs to be... like the way I'm gonna, I want to bring it to light, right? Because it's it's the right way you should treat an athlete, regardless of what belt it is, right? You have a title, you should keep that title where it is. And uh, I think everyone here loved their experience fighting on Fight to Win. No oh. one ever had a problem. It's very unfortunate that this is being yeah. handled so poorly. Um, but I really, uh, I I want to know your thoughts moving forward on what, like what you're gonna do if you are gonna do anything. Um, like I said, I know that you and Mr. Nick Salas are, are the older Bolo brother. You're very like, hey, man, whatever happens, I'm going to do my best. <laughs> he's like, let's kill him. It's funny you say that. I think I was definitely uh, a little bit more upset oh, yeah, when sure. I found out versus when Nick found out. I was like, man, they did him dirty like that. I was like, How can they do that? Like, oh, man. Like, I was kind of – I was upset at first and, like – We'll, we'll talk about it. I guess, yeah, but, Danny. Uh, Danny was kind of like the so the here's a backstory real quick. Hold on, there is a backstory. Sorry to cut you off. There's a backstory right. real quick. So like, so I I won the the brown belt lightweight nogi title, and then that put me I guess in a position where I asked Seth. I was like, can I get a shot at the gi title? I want that shot. I've been working for that shot. Can I get a shot at the gi title? And finally, Seth is like, yes, you can have it. Okay, cool. And then. Nick Salas is over here and just murks his dude. And he's like, you know, I'm like, I already have a title. I'm like, Seth, like, you need to give this title to Nick Salas. Like, give this title to Nick Salas. And I like, kind of went back and forth a little bit. And, um, you know, Seth was a cool guy. And he was like, yeah, man, like, uh, Nick's in. He'll get the title. And uh, so sure enough, they fly him out to Chicago or wherever. And, and he just annihilates this poor guy, who's actually a really nice guy, uh, annihilates his foot in like 40 seconds or 30 20 i think it was like 27 seconds anyway uh wins the title um and he becomes the the brown belt champion after this so i was already like invested in this i was like man we already like talked about this okay and then like boom he just like he washed it you know and so i was like go ahead pick up from there nick but there's 
Yeah. Oh. Well, I'm I'm salty about an hour. Before you start, I want I want to let people know that if they haven't seen that fight, it was really really sick to hold finish. So I think it was fight to win Chicago. I don't know what number it was, but that was a really good fight. So like to earn the belt with that probably felt really good, and you know made you feel like you were a champion, and no one could take your belt away. <laughs> Funny yeah. enough. I got my foot broke off in my attempt to win the fight to win middleweight <laughs> oh. gi title by Roberto Jimenez trying to win the gi title. So I remember that fight. That was rough, dude. That was a yeah. bad day. Anyway, Nick, go on. No, I was just going to say, you know, that's kind of like my objective. Every time I go out there, you know, I feel like and I guess Danny could uh, agree with me. Like when even when I'm training, like everything is submission oriented. So I feel like fight to win really allows me to express my jujitsu because my whole goal is to go out there, don't worry about points, just play my game and just attack, attack, and don't give the person a chance to breathe. And I've been able to accomplish that with like four fights now with Fight to Win. And then, you know, thankfully I was able to uh, uh, win the title, you know, by implementing my game. And, and yeah, dude, I was happy. I was ready to defend my title as many times as possible. I even applied a few times, but I don't know how it really works once you're a title holder if they try to just. Uh, target events around your area so you could pull in ticket buyers or whatever the case may be it never got back to me and i know there was one time we were both going to apply to philly but we ended up going to tokyo for the tokyo grand slam so that didn't happen and whatever right like the beginning of the year was busy for us we were traveling and the whole plan was to do worlds and then get back to fight to win and of course covid19 happened and then you know no one was thinking about competition you know i'm just thinking about you know, getting some money to kind of like hold me, you know, hold me up a little bit and just train with Danny and just like improve and wait for this to blow over. We had no idea how long this would last. And so when, and it's crazy because I remember scrolling through Instagram and seeing that Sam, the guy, had won. And to it, you know, I'm a big fan of Samuel. I think he's an awesome competitor. I think he has beautiful jujitsu. Uh, not so nothing against him. So anything I say from here on, like, has nothing to do with Sam the guy. Like, I'm a big fan of his. But I remember seeing him with a belt on Instagram and being like, oh, that's that's funny. Like, you know, I wonder, is that the 170? <laughs> well, well, weight class. Lightweight. Yeah. So I know he he does lightweight for IBJF. So I was like, oh, it's probably like a 170. But I was just more intrigued. Like, okay, so they're getting brown belt title fights going. So uh, you know. I'm going to hear something soon, right? Like Seth is probably going to hit me up, whatever. And next thing you know, uh, might have been like a week or two weeks later, I get a message from Seth saying, uh, can you fight next week? And by this, and this then, is after this is after we've already been like, yeah, yeah that's, that's your title. That's the yeah, 155 like, pound title. Yeah. And this is already after like we've kind of – we've talked about it. I'm really salty about it. Nick is like, man, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, look, we understand like Seth is a certain way, but that felt. You know, I'll let Nick, Nick speak for himself. Yeah, no. Like so, at, at some point, we 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 figured out that it was my title, but you know, I didn't take it personally. I was like, all right, you know, it's it's COVID nineteen. Maybe they want to promote, you know, grapplers from Texas because it's cheaper. They don't want to fly people in. I'm from like the metropolitan area. Maybe they want to fly a New Yorker in. Maybe it's just an interim belt. Like, I don't know. Like I was trying to keep level-headed with the whole thing. And, and then of course, Seth hits me up and says, can you fight next week? Uh, gave me like a short notice uh, kind of message. And I was like, uh, what's the fight? You know, like, uh, like, I don't know. Like, what, what is this? And he's like, 
that's when he kind of like just dis- undisclosed the whole thing about him, you know, messing up and and hey, him that I had the belt and he tried to say that, you know, he thought I got promoted, whatever the case may be. Like, look, I don't think they did it on purpose. I think it was a mess up, you know, uh, but at the yeah. same time, you know, I, I've messaged them regarding matches. They've never hit me up, you know, and, you know, to get that message that they simply just forgot about me really upset me. And the fact that I, I wasn't able to get like a real apology or even a sorry and instead kind of like trying to get me to, to agree to a fight for a title I already have for like no pay, really, it, you know, really it upset me, Try, you know what I mean? A, a, like, fight, a fight across the country at the time during a pandemic, not really getting paid with no promotional promises um, that would help you know, the brand or anything else um, for a title that he already has after kind of, you know, being forgot after, well, not kind of, after being totally forgotten about and then basically being told that you don't matter. Like that. So that happened to like somebody that I feel is like my brother. So I was kind of salty about it, but he handled it much better than I did. But I do think it's important to notice that. Yeah, I don't fault Seth. He gave me the opportunity in the first place to win the title, you know, and I don't fault Sam because he had no idea who the champion was. So it is what it is, but, you know, it put me at a dilemma where, okay, I could take this fight, but what does that mean? Like, I took the first title fight because the title meant something to me. But as soon as I was stripped of my title without – any questions or without letting me know or without seeing what was the case with my promotion or not, then I kind of lost value in that title. You see what I'm saying? Like that title didn't mean anything to me anymore. So for me to fight for a title I already have kind of put me off, you know, like it turned me off to the idea of being a fight to win champion. And look, I would definitely still fight because I love competing, but at that point, if I'm not fighting for glory, if I'm not fighting for a title that means something to me, that I might as well fight for for a good payday. You know what I mean? And I, I didn't get anything regarding that. You know, no one reached out to me uh, if I was interested in fighting, um, you know, for m- good money or anything like that. So right now, I'm kind of indifferent about it. If if Fight to Win wants to reach out to me and offer me something worthwhile, I'll definitely consider it. Um, but to answer your question, you know, uh, I'm still interested in competing as a black belt whenever that is. Uh, but right now for me to compete for the title at fight to win, it it would have to require a good payday. I think, you know, if anyone's interested in that super fight, any other promotion can book that, you know, I'm interested in that fight, but, um, for fights for a title that like kind of like lost value for me, I'm just not interested, you know? It's so unfortunate too because you and you and Samuel and the guy are like two of the best brown belts in the world. Like two guys who are definitely gonna like make waves at black belt as soon as you get promoted. So they could have like the way they could have built that fight up could have been, you know, something really special. And it's unfortunate that it was during these times and they were doing it in Texas and you know, Samuel's in Texas. He's based out of Dallas. So um we had him on the show and he was he was really great and I think you guys would there's no doubt in my mind that you guys would put on an absolutely incredible match. So I mean, it sucks that it went down like this. Hopefully they can make that happen and, and compensate you the way you should be compensated in the future. Maybe it happens at Black Belt, but um, it's you know, just it would be an kind awesome of unfortunate. Match, you know, Sam, too, he's a go-getter. He doesn't try yeah. to 
play too positionally. He 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 goes for the legs. He goes for sweeps, but dives straight for submission. So I think it would be a great match. And look, dude, you know it, it is what it is. Like if they could have done, like you said, they could have done it in a way where maybe he fought for an interim, uh, you know, and he's an interim champ until like you know this COVID thing blows over. Then we can unify the belts. They, they, dude, they could but even even then, though, like up, why didn't they but, hit you up to be? Why didn't they hit you up? Like, hey, can you defend your belt? Or, hey, we're going to do an intern champ with this guy. Like, they should have asked you first. I just, well, uh, yeah. I, I don't think that's right. I think it was a mixture of coronavirus kind of being, you know, kind of kind of making it doubtful that anyone from the New York area could be flown in or whatever the case may be. Or maybe they did forget, you know, and, and thought I got promoted. Whatever the case may be, yeah, they, they could have handled it better. It could have been more organized. But I, I feel like it's n- it can't be that hard to open a Google document, though. Right. Like <laughs> if we if we want to keep a list of all the people who are champions, there's no way I can go. Oh, damn it, dude. I accidentally pushed backspace all the way on Nick Salas's <laughs> name and put Samuel's name instead. Like, dang it. I, I did it. Dang it. I goofed again. Yeah, it sucks. Or, or my favorite is like, uh, Jake, when was the last time you forgot that you were uh, got promoted and you were still a brown belt? Uh, like, oh, I forgot I was a black belt. Like, oh man. Like I, I wake up every I, day and it's a dream. Yeah, but it's like, oh, I thought you got your black belt already. It's like, are right, you're not gonna check? You're not gonna like nothing. Yeah, like, okay, dude, no, it's like, so easy. On. Just go on my Instagram page. First picture <laughs> is me and brown belt. You know what I mean? But like I said, like, his you know, first post is like, I can't on. wait to get a black belt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> like, it's coming okay. soon. <laughs> my point is like, if you make a Google document and you put the names down, like I had a conversation with Hal and Hal was like, do you know how many champions they have? How hard that would be to keep track of? I'm like, that is a lazy, like lazy yeah, like- response. There's like, there's like 10 divisions per belt, right? The UFC has a yeah. bunch of fighters per roster, keeps track yeah. of all these rankings. You know how? Because they have a an algorithm. They have people who do that, right? You don't need that in jujitsu because it's like it's there's not that many, dude. Yeah. And you and if I put okay, let's say I put Nick Salas's name, and I'm like, dude, I really think Sam and a guy should fight for a title. I want to give that kid a title. Ooh, he can't fight anybody but the champ to get that title. That's just how it works, yeah. right? Unless you want to make it an interim belt, then you can do how have however many fight to win belts you want. And I'm starting to think that of the same thing a little bit, Nick, about about the fight to win championships because like they just had they're having Manuel Hibamar fight Jonathan Alves, both to I I don't know Jonathan personally, but I love Manuel Hibamar. That guy's an amazing person. Um, That'd be a good fight. Fighting for oh, a yeah. belt that like doesn't exist yet. Like they're making a new weight division for this belt. I think they just want well, a lot of champions right now. I don't even know. They it's say, like they say yeah. it's middle, so I'm, I think it's 180. Yeah, but who was the champ? I think it was like Marcus Tonoko was the champ. Yeah, he, yeah I think he was. Didn't, yeah. Didn't Gianni have a? a I was next in line to fight for that title. I think Gianni had the 155 gi belt. That, that's another one. I, I don't. I don't want to speak for Gianni. Miss, you know, misspeak and say something that I, I don't know. But I'm pretty sure Gianni was a fight to win champion at some point, and you know, I'm pretty sure someone else holds that title. I saw Mathos Gabriel. I think he had the title at some point. So I'm, I'm not really sure how they do things, to be honest. Um, yeah, I kind of have my own conspiracies around it, Jake. I do agree with you. I think they're just trying to like hype up fights by using you know, these title fights to kind of get more of an audience and get more yeah. matches. Um, but you know, my my problem with that is that fight to win is like the most prestigious platform <laughs> right now, right? Like mm-hmm. is isn't active right now. Third Coast is starting to build up some momentum, but fight to win has been around longer. And, you know, they're, they're like, 
the monopoly in the game, right? They're like the UFC. Yeah. They have, like fights every weekend. They have all the big names, both gi and no gi. So for them to kind of like do that and not apologize for it is is a big statement in my eyes because mm-hmm. if they're not going to do it, then who is? If I if if they if I can't get respect from them, how is like this little indie uh, submission grappling tournament? You know, the, yeah. the, it's careless. How, yeah, it's it's it, as a grappler who wants to compete for a living. You know, it is daunting to to have yeah. these experiences. Yeah, and and that's not to say that Fight to Win Pro and Seth Daniels haven't done a a insane amount for the sport, uh, pushing us forward and promoting the sport as a whole. Um, but a hundred percent, dude, make a Google Docs and just add down. All right, ten people at black belt, ten people at brown belt, ten people at purple. I don't even think they have champions at blue belt, like. Yeah. Unless you're like a little kid, maybe. But even then, I don't even yeah. think they have champions. That. They so do. It's like, what's that? Like 30 people? 40? All right, say it's 50 people. Say yeah. it's 100 people. Yeah, say it's 3,000 people. Like, if you have yeah, your students like, in your gym, right? Yeah. It's just like this. It's like, guys, I've been here in a bit. Done. That's it. It's not that hard. And I feel like they should, I think they should have someone who does like a ranking system too. Like, rank people and show like who the number one contender is. Like, have these things be made public yeah. so that there's some accountability there. Yeah. Yeah. And look, I, I love the rule set. Uh, I think they're doing great things. I still want to be part of it. I, especially at Black Belt, I want to be able to compete there as a Black Belt and, 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 and showcase my Jiu Jitsu. But as it stands, you know, uh, to fight for a title that I already fought for. One, I didn't. I didn't even get a quarter of the promotion that Sam got when he won his. Dude, he I didn't even get a twelve. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. think Nick. Yeah, Nick can't say this because he sounds like butthurt or something. But like, I say this yeah. for him. Like, Nick got zero. He goes out and just slaughters this dude. Wins the fight to win pro belt. And flow grappling is just like, eh. And I don't. I'm not. This isn't anything against flow grappling because again, they do great things for the sport as well. But like no promotion at all it's like this is it's kind of wild when they give all this promotion so to see sam the guy get all this promotion that nick didn't get is incredibly unfair because okay so sam the guy is trying to build his brand as well and that's how you're making your money in this sport and to get all this love that helps him financially a lot off the mats that's huge that's huge and they understand this and so to not give the champion any love is a it's kind of a big deal um, so yeah, it, it's definitely the kind of thing that, you know, I, I, everybody knows that he deserved, that Nick deserves this, um, promotion and everything. And, and, you know, they just kind of, they look at it and they just, they, they pick and choose and they select who they like and don't like based on who they think will get more clicks. And, um, they're doing business, they're doing well, they're doing great things for the sport, but it is what it is. And, uh, some people get screwed over. You may have seen my face just now. That is okay. So I am over time. Like I love Flow, right? Flow's done a lot for me. Fight Twins done a lot for me as well. But I think uh, starting the Open Guard cast with Danny has turned me into not a hater, but into more of like an analyzer and seeing like what I hope they or what I hope they could do better, what we can do yeah. better. I feel like in this, in a way, like you have to take the good and the bad from this whole coronavirus situation, right? You have to be able to say, okay, we can't compete. We can't travel to do flow films and stuff like that. But could we be perhaps providing a platform for more athletes? <laughs> like, uh, man, Andrew Wiltsey, episode nine guest. We love Andrew Wiltsey. Beat John Combs last night in a fantastic fight. Mm-hmm. But do we really need to post every day 
to get that kid sponsored by Panda Express? Or could we be using that to promote Nick's, uh, athletes like the Nick Salas's and the Danny Freestyles? Yeah. You know especially what I mean? When, especially when here's the thing. Like, uh, Pedigo is awesome. They have the, the flow, did the documentary on them. It was great. It was really fun to see. It was cool. Um, and, you know, I have a lot of respect for those guys. I have a lot of respect for Andrew. I fought him before. Um, super nice guy. But, like, here's the thing. Like, that, like, that's my life. Like, I've literally scraped through the gutters, like, for easily just as long, if not, in my opinion, longer at worse conditions with less to offer, basically, and, and less potential or whatever else. And, like, still somehow is scraping by up to this level. And, like, I have never once gotten anything from Flo. I've never, well, not, I've never gotten, like, the level of promotion that they're talking about with these guys, you know? Um, Nick is kind of in the same boat and I feel there's so that's just two, you know, there's so many athletes, uh, that just don't get the promotion that they deserve. And, uh, all the way up to the top level, look at Shane Jamil Hill. Like, uh, this guy is literally a world champion. He's one of the top guys. He's a highly intelligent guy. Uh, he's very nice. He's very well-spoken. And, uh, I don't know a better person that could be promoted and looked at as a champion for other people to be like, Oh, this guy is a champion. That's how a champion carries himself. Like, um, you know, Shane is a wonderful guy and I bring him up because he is a world champion and he still does it. Like when was the last time you saw Flo post anything on Shane for the most part? Um, they, they did do. a sneaker article like a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and they also showed him getting beat by Jonah Alves. They were like, yeah, this is exactly. the future. And it's like, this guy is the present. Yeah. He's, yeah. Right, he's right here. He's right here. Yeah. And so, but that's the thing is like, he's such a nice guy and, and there's nothing against Jonathan Alves or any of these other guys, but you know, Shane deserves, uh, more than he's getting. Um, yeah. Nick Salas deserves more than he's getting. Um, and I do believe that I deserve more than I'm getting as well. And so that's why we, we work so hard to make it happen ourselves. Yeah, I, I think it's like – and the problem is they don't even really try, right? So I guess they could argue, look, this is the stuff that generates clicks, but they're not really putting material out there to really gauge that that meter. You know, they're not putting, you know, into the life of Shane. You know, we want to see mm. what he's doing when he's not training, when he's off the mats. We want to see the upcoming purple belts and brown belts who, re who literally live off the mat and, and do everything they can so they can train. We're not seeing that. We're just seeing a, a select – few favorites being pushed and then all we're seeing is is clickbait articles being pushed out so they can't even really argue that that's what we want to see because they're not really giving us the material that we're craving for in the first place mm, that's a good point i feel like those imagine, are the oh go ahead uh, i was just gonna say imagine a series that flow grappling put out where every week they just go okay here's a three minute like interview or mini doc with a random lower belt or random black you don't even have to go to the lower belts random black belt random brown belt whatever who's like here's a three minute five minute video like day in the life or like here's their the look into their training here's what they're doing here's you their outset or yeah. mindset that yeah that's be, such a watch that. that's Shoot, such I a good point that. yeah like, that's exactly what I was going to say, too. Like, I feel like that's one of my favorite parts of the sport is, like, seeing how, like, blue belts, purple belts, brown belts, like, they're professionals already. And they're working yeah. their way up, and they have, like, almost, like, black belt level skill, in air quotes, or whatever. They're going to be <laughs> elite black belts. So, like, to, to highlight the journey of all those guys, I feel like, is such a huge gap in, like, the jiu-jitsu media. For sure, yeah. yeah. yeah and like, think about this. Think about this. Danny, do you remember we interviewed Daryl O'Connell? And yes. he brought up the story. I don't remember his student's name. Alice Younger. Alice Younger. 
Yeah, and- I love I love that because I listened to that and I have fought Ellis Younger, and I, I just I love this story. So Ellis Younger. <laughs> Beats Andy Murasaki at the Noki World Championship. <laughs> Flo is literally there, ready to just like. And yeah, in the in the final, it wasn't like in he the beat final him in, the, in the first round. Like Andy loses and Flo leaves. What is, dude, that is a golden opportunity. Look at this comeback under the. You yeah, a guy from Ireland, kid, like a guy that lives on. in a shed and doesn't even train with people. Like he trains with his friends. He pays his friends <laughs> to <laughs> let him drill on him. How are you not gonna interview that guy? I would be chomping at the bit. I'd be like, dude, get over here. He'd be like, I don't want to get interviewed, mate. And I'd be like, no, get over <laughs> here. <laughs> That's what Ellis actually dude, told us. We're gonna convince him. Want to hear, man? You know, like. We get it. You know, these big gyms, they're great. You know, they have great talent. But we want to hear about the underdog who succeeds. Like uh, Danny's another one. Danny won no pants at Brown Belt. And he beat Keith yeah. Krikorian. Yeah. Guess who Flo Grappling wrote about? He wrote about – they wrote about Keith losing. What? They didn't write about Danny beating Keith. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was like – I mean Keith is a really good competitor, like competing in ADCC. And you kind of just like took it to him. Like I remember watching Dude, that. because they were. I literally had food poisoning, and I beat him 15-0. Passed uh, his guard like, multiple times. I had food poisoning. I beat him, beat him 15-0, and next thing I know, because I, I remember walking off after that competition being like, okay, I, this is the start of something. And I remember reading the article that just talked about how Keith Kerkorian lost no gi pants. And they didn't really like. They didn't even talk about. Yeah, they were like, God, I was like, oh my god. god. Keith Kukorian loses to Master's competitor. <laughs> that, that's it, bro. That's it. Oh my god. <laughs> I never beat Keith Kukorian, Jake. Yet. I'm, I'm not yet. No, not you, Daddy. You're you're fine. <laughs> my my my, my smalls. No, but listen, dude. Like, okay. So first of all, thank you so much for the idea that we're gonna steal. Uh. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna Please. silence out that Please. part where you said, "Hey, you know, be a good idea for flow," and we're gonna put open guardcast. We're gonna put <laughs> that soundbite in I'll there. Give the, I'll give you the soundbite right now. So it would be a wonderful idea <laughs> for open guardcast to interview uh, young athletes, lower belts, even black belts. There's so many black belts out there with amazing stories. Um, oh, to have them just go and interview all these people and you know give a day in the life video, two, three, four, five, ten minutes, whatever. And a random video each week of each one of these people would be great. Open guardcast, you should do it. Oh damn, yeah, that would be. You're hey, genius. thank you. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, dude, like, it is tough. It's pretty tough. I mean, and to, you know, to go back a little bit to what we we're talking about the fight to win, Nick. It was a point I wanted to bring up. Um, when I beat Hunter Colvin for the title, they didn't af- they didn't offer me a fight for a whole year. I literally did not fight from January to January, and then I got promoted, and they they didn't even have a brown belt nogi title fight in my stead for another like eight months so <laughs> i don't think they pay too much attention to who the who the champion is but um you also brought up uh mateus gabriel and <laughs> he fought my coach marcio andre at one of the one of the fight wins in scottsdale and after the yeah. fight marcio won and they they gave him a belt and then they were like oh whoops this wasn't for a belt <laughs> and then they took it away <laughs> oh <laughs> so like no. that's kind of another thing that just kind of shows that they're super fight show how are you gonna yeah. make wait, mistakes wait, like wait, that wait, it's wait. not that hard they gave him wait hold on so back they were like they whoops so he won the fight they raised his hand they come up put the belt around his waist and then after the fight they told him like oh we made a mistake this wasn't actually a title fight 
and they took so the belt who, back. Who had the title? Wait, wait, so who had the title at the time? I don't know. Is that when Gianni had it? Still? I think that's when Gianni had it. See that Marcio we'll fought Mateus on at 160, and I think Gianni had like a 155 belt or something. 155. Yeah. So I think so there might have been some confusion, title. yeah, around the Guess weight what? class or something. Guess but. what? There's a 160 pound title belt now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See. And Marcio and Marcio Andre has it. That's who. I would, if I was Marcio, I would have took that belt, and they would have been like, "Oh, that's a no, no, it's not yours anymore." And he was like. Well, I'm holding it right yeah, now. Yeah, you gave not. it to me. I'm He's like, this is COVID. I can't disinfect <laughs> <Yeah>. this. <laughs> you don't understand. This is all my germs on it. You don't want this back. They won't take it back. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's, that's just, that just shows, man. Like, I think the emphasis should be less on just pumping out matches and hyping all these matches like it's a revolving door and just really, uh, you know, having this quality quality platform for competitors to feel like they're being validated for their hard work, you know, and yeah. being like more emphasis on that, you know, the both can happen. Like the UFC, Dana, you don't see Dana White walk out there and reward someone with a belt by accident, you know, like there, there's checks and balances. So in order for our sport to be taken seriously by spectators, it has to be taken seriously by us, the competitors. Otherwise it's never going to work. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. And not only that, but like when a spectator, when a spectator can look at Nick Salas win the belt in 27 seconds and be like, "Wow, that was impressive," and then when a spectator decides that was cool last time I watched fight to win, I'm gonna watch, and they see, "Oh, well, this kid has the belt in the same weight cut." Did Nick Salas lose the belt? I'm gonna go search for it real quick. Can't find it because it's not there. There's no information. When a spectator can get to the bottom of that in like 10 minutes, but the 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 owners of Fight to Win Pro can't even do an Instagram search. I mean, that is an issue. And this is not a knock on Seth or Fight to Win at all. Um, you know, personally, I love Fight to Win Pro, how they have helped the sport and everything they've done. Um, and obviously, nobody's perfect. And so Seth is Seth is Seth, and he's you know very unapologetically himself. But there is some times where that's not the right thing to do. It doesn't mean he's a bad guy. It doesn't mean that we don't like him, but it isn't the right thing to do. And we believe that what happened in, with Nick's situation was not the right thing to do. But it was also horribly mishandled, in my opinion, by Flo, who, again, falls in the same thing, does a lot for the sport. We love him, but kind of left him in the dust as well. Okay. So my face just lit up because I got a money idea. All right. So I'm talking... <laughs> I'm talking a money idea. Coming up, August 21st to 23rd is BJJ Woodstock. That is going to be a premier jiu-jitsu event in Iowa, right? I would say probably equal traveling distance between Texas and New York, maybe. Like, not equal, but close, it's right? It's, pretty, it's, it's pretty, closer. It's close. I was offered a fight there. Listen, what I'm if listening. we had for the <laughs> sub-spectrum title? Nick Salas versus Samuel Nagai. What if we had that? That would be that would be a great event, an amazing historic event in jiu-jitsu. First of all, Open Guard Cast is the official commentary team of that event. So you're going to get some like the airwaves are going to be you're, we're going to make love, sweet love to those airwaves, right? We're going to be gracing <laughs> the decibels that are flying into the audience's ears. At the same time, you will be gracing the stage and it will just be this perfect, like, this just great sandwich. Let me make this more perfect, Jake, I for you. My fight wait, wait, wait. Danny O'Donnell. <laughs> Let me make this more perfect. So their 155-pound title holder is Keith Krikorian. 
Uh, <laughs> Donald or Danny, yeah, free both of you, both of you. Listen, I have not. I know a guy who beat him. Bird stance right now. Look at this. I'm in bird stance right now. <laughs> you know, I can make that sweeter for you. Are you ready? Keith Kerkorian beat me uh, after after I basically chased him around the map for ten minutes at finishers sub only. Uh, I chased him around the map for ten minutes and I ended up losing in overtime to Keith Kerkorian. So he's beat me once, and then I beat him once. Oh and now gentlemen. we have the stage is set. Oh my god! Bolo Bros podcast. That would be a wonderful match. <laughs> listen, oh my god, listen. You you ever have like that moment where you have an idea and you guys are all on the same wavelength? Like we're all <laughs> from four different locations, and I I felt the connection just now. All right, so listen, what if? That was a okay. Let me ask you, Nick. Does that sound like a cool idea? Dude, that sounds like an awesome idea, bro. <laughs> awesome, Danny uh, Freestyle, Danny Myra. What do you think? Sounds like you're threatening me with a good time, sir. And then we could all hang out. <laughs> we all Make it happen. <laughs> calling Jordan J- underscore Jitsu Heitzman. I'm calling him. I'm not gonna message him. None of that. None of that punk business it is going to be a, a call he's going to hear my voice and i'm going to say listen i got two fights that are going to blow your freaking mind dude it's sick and by the way uh when we do have our first open guard cast invitational it is going to be on an island uh <laughs> it's going to be ma- uh, match island because we you know people say match, match, not a, match, island. match island yeah. are you guys really serious about invitational that's good one day we okay yeah, so like definitely. We're gonna. This is one one of the questions I wanted to ask you after we got all the other questions out of the way. You know, was how comfortable you guys are going into your future plans. One of our future plans, um, because we want this to manifest into more than just a podcast. We want this to be like something that the community. Something that pushes jujitsu forward. I feel yes, like something like, that pushes jujitsu to other people. Something that pushes other people to jujitsu. Jujitsu, like, dude, it change. Think about a, like. It's almost like getting baptized. Like, who were you before jujitsu? Do you even remember? Like, jujitsu is part of your identity, man. And what if we could bring that so much? So what if we could bring that that love and that sense of community, that brotherhood? Like, you guys, they're not from the same mother, but you might as well be because of jujitsu, right? So, <laughs> so that's what I mean. What if everybody could find that sense of family? That's part of healing the world. So if we could manifest mm-hmm. this from a podcast into okay, an article-based media website. Okay, we do interviews with people. Okay, we have an invitational once a year where we actually, hopefully one day, can pay the athletes what they're worth, give them the media representation that they're worth, give them a title that actually they'll hold on to that we can open up a freaking Google document and be like, hey, listen, uh, oh, shit, can't have, nope, can't have Danny fight for the title just yet. He is not in position to fight. <laughs> Uh, Danny O'Donnell. Not <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Why does everybody just try to make Danny and anyone else that's named Danny fight to the oh, death? Always. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's you get that too, bro? I get that. I get that a lot. Hey, just It'd a quick six-minute match. I want everyone to know that Danny's still the 155-pound no-gi fight-to-win champion. Oh, so you're the 155-pound gi champion as far as I'm concerned. Hey! As far as I'm go, concerned, baby. whenever Let's somebody go. says, hey, listen, Jake, you want to get a uh, 155 pound champ on your show i'm gonna be like oh we already had him (laughs) 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 but hey all jokes aside um yeah that's what we want this podcast to be and i'm joking we i don't know if it'll ever be in the budget to put this on an island right unless we go to hawaii but uh we definitely want to have the islands here in jersey or new york or jersey or something yeah 
It, it might be like this. The island might be the size of the mat, but you know. <laughs> or or Florida. There's a couple places in Florida. We could do it on a peninsula. Back to Florida, unless Let's do it. Yeah. Well, Open guard cast invitational on a sandbar somewhere. <laughs> I am never going back to Florida unless I get paid to. <laughs> I, I'll give you, I, I'll I, give dude, you five place... bucks and a pack of gummy bears, bro. Let's go. Listen, <laughs> Florida is, you know how you see those memes where it's like Florida man bribes woman to suck toes. She refuses. He shoots her. Like that's like a whole article on Twitter. Yeah. And it's like, what the heck did I just read? And is this real? And it's real. And you're like, yeah. what the heck is wrong with Florida? Why is it so weird? I, and then I went to Florida. I'm in a Peruvian restaurant, and I people get up, and it's a family of 13 people just start throwing hands. And I'm like, this has never happened to me in any other part of the world but Florida. So I'm going to believe that this is just a Florida problem. Like, Florida is just a flawed state. Dude, I love Florida, dude, bro. I'm not going to lie, man. I just love the beaches, bro. For me, like, Florida beaches are better than Cali beaches, in my opinion. I agree. South Miami, bro. You know, clear water, you know. Clearwater's nice. Largo, bro. It's yeah. And I had to hang out with Josh LaDuke. I'm just kidding. I love Josh LaDuke. He's cool. He runs a Sapatero <laughs> invitation, which I think I think speaking of Keith Krikorian, I think Keith is fighting on that. Yeah, I think yeah. I think he is. Yeah. Keith Keith is the man too, because he literally just fights everywhere that mm-hmm. offers a cash prize. Yeah. He's cool. He's like, I'm in. <laughs> here's one of the things that I respect a lot about Keith is because he doesn't care where it is. He just like he's like, oh, there's a thousand dollars to be won in in, uh, you know, Michigan this weekend. Iowa. Boom. I'm there. Iowa. I'm there. Uh, Texas. I'm there. So he'll he'll spend four hundred dollars to fly to somewhere to win five hundred dollars, six hundred dollars, <laughs> something like that. And then he'll fly back and he'll be like, oh, I did. Uh, it's for him. It's like two days worth of work for five hundred bucks. So that's like he just plays the numbers game. So literally anywhere that offers money to fight, he goes and fights. And flow grappling has just like some of these organizations like get a little bit of love from flow grappling. So every time flow grappling like commentates on one of these little ones, Keith's name just pops up. And then he has Eddie Bravo being like, oh, Keith Krikorian, Keith Krikorian. And so, boom, next thing you know, Keith's in the limelight. Um, and, and does he deserve it? I think Keith is a really nice guy. And I think anytime he gets in front of a camera, I think he comes off well. And uh, I have nothing but respect for Keith. But uh, I love that grind that he did where he was like, screw the gee. I'm just going to do nogi and I'm going to go sauce everybody that I possibly can. And if they're, you know, local hometown competitors, easier for me. And then if he runs into some really stiff competition and he wins, great. If he loses, it's not a big deal. And uh, do you feel like that's a key, Danny, with these nogi invitationals? Like I was looking at the bracket they're gonna have. I think it's finishers. I don't. I don't know. You know better than me. But I'm like, who are these guys? Like, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I don't want to sound like I'm like. I don't want to sound like I'm talking smack or anything, but yeah, 100. percent Most of these smaller invitationals, they're like, oh, a thousand dollar cash prize. There's probably one big name in there, maybe two. But and, I think HBI uh, did the same thing. They just got like three solid dudes, put them on different ends of the bracket, filled it up with like you know B class, yeah. E class talent, so that you get a highlight reel out of it. You know. Yeah, that's true. And I. And I think that's that's not a bad way to go about it um, by any means. But they're also not tr- – what are they trying to be? They're trying to make some money being a promotion. They're not trying to, like, be the top organization in the sport um, where somewhere like Fight to Win is, like, really trying to be one of the top organizations or IBJJF or somebody else. 
it's like, man, this is a really big deal. But then you have these small competitions that are like not a big deal. These guys are just trying to make money hosting a jujitsu event. So they have to offer prize for the, the champions. And then next thing you know, Keith just pops up everywhere. So you'll get like, you know, some rando at the tournament and he's got to face this dude named Keith Krikorian that he's never even heard about because he's from Cali. And then next thing you know, Keith sauces him and, and makes a highlight reel out of him. And uh, it's a really smart move from Keith, to be fair. We got to get um, you on that, dude. We got to get you that? on that. We got to get you, know, you on that. So I thought about doing that because I picked up on this a long time ago. I was like, I could just travel around anywhere that offers cash. And I did the numbers and I was like, I would definitely make more money doing that. My problem is, I, in my opinion, I wouldn't be as legit because I'm not training in the gi and I'm not reaching the real high levels that I would want to reach and that I was aspiring to. Um, so I decided to stay in the pajamas for the most part and uh, train at Marcelo Garcia Academy and keep shooting my shot at Worlds. Mm-hmm. Losing in the quarterfinals every it's okay dude i do the same thing i lost the last three years in the in the well actually the last two in the quarterfinal lost to dominique bell by an advantage dude oh yeah my god oh, that was a crazy match too i remember I'm that. so upset um I, okay let me ask you guys because you just brought up a really good point about um about these tournaments that have like you know two th- two or three really great guys and the rest of them are what might be considered b or c class well, what do you guys think about third coast because every Ooh. card lately has been money like crazy kind of like it's a lot of money that you guys just have i think it's probably sponsors like shelling out a lot of money you know what i mean i don't know where they're getting i hope they don't fall under the same death spell that substars did because substars like they did not they died they died a horrible death what's that bjj stars bjj stars yeah Yeah, but those are like once a year so they can gather that money you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah, I was yeah. just going to say, like, Third Coast is putting on these events consistently, so mm-hmm. they they can't be underfunded every single time. Yeah, they have yeah. to have a consistent cash flow to be able to do this. There's 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 definitely something going on there where they've, they've hacked some formula and they're making some money off of it, or they're breaking even every single time, or which is impressive. Backer. Or they have a huge backer, yeah, whatever yeah. the reason is. Mm-hmm. But, man, I don't care. I love watching Third yeah. Coast grappling events. Uh, it's fun, the too. Thing, they're good. They do a the good only, job. The only problem is, like, I, and I'm not a fan of the commentators. Um, can we get Jake Watson to commentate <laughs> one of these things, please? And thank you. Jake, That's a really nice episode. Run back to his chair, commentate, put his gi yeah. back on, run out there, compete. <laughs> you know what's so funny is that's what I'm doing at PJ Woodstock. I'm literally getting out of the chair, going and warming up and fighting. But um, anyway, no, what I'm, what I. <laughs> I want to say thank you to um, MMA Sucka, the website. There was a, a really nice article written where they said the only thing that could make the icing on the cake for this event is if Jake Watson was a commentator. And I was like, oh, dude, I am in love with whoever wrote this. And then I uh, found out I, I wouldn't be in love. Um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. No, but um, honestly, uh, I, I just can't be in love with somebody I don't know. Um, but – I really, really love Third Coast. I love how they treat the athletes. What do you guys think about the rules? This is what I, I really love having this conversation with athletes about the rule set in different tournaments. Um, Ryan McGuire famously defends his rule set hard. Like, that guy loves his rule set. Um, yeah. And I don't, but it doesn't change my opinion <laughs> of the show. It doesn't change my opinion of the event. I just, I just don't – I'm not a big fan of the rule set. So what do you guys think about Third Coast rules? Man. Um... There's aspects – like. I love the tech fall aspect because I wrestled in high school for three years. 
And I, I do believe that with an, a, a big enough point gap or a disparity in points that there should be like an automatic winner. Uh, I believe with third coast, it's like 12 points, right? 12 points. 11, yeah. It's 11, 11 points. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense, man. Like you're 11 points ahead. You know, I, I've competed in IBGF and I've had matches where I'm beating the guy 20 something to zero, 30 something to zero. And it, you know, this guy's like literally just in a fetal position, just avoiding Every, a submission every which way and it, you're just wasting you're just waiting for the clock to run out so i do like that and it kind of reminds me of like folk style wrestling where you can win by tech fault uh in case like a pin or some other strategy isn't working um what do you think danny uh, but there's other aspects that kind of i, I, I have a question that i don't understand about the third coast grappling rules is it first to 11 or yes. is it is it whoever is it like there's got to be a dis- disparity of 11 points I think it's first to eleven, dude. First, like, first to eleven. Oh, I believe yeah. it's first to eleven. There's no, there's no disparity. There's no if you win by eleven zero. It's yeah, first right. one to get eleven points, and then if it's not eleven points, whoever is ahead on points, but granted it's less than eleven, gets to choose the position between close guard bottom, close guard top, and standing. I think it should be first to eleven or first to submission. No time limit. No time limit. So funny story. I compete. I competed in a <laughs> tournament that had those rules when I was a blue belt in California a long time ago. They had uh, it, Jeff Glover put on an event called Sunday Rollout or something like that. Oh, yeah. Um, I remember that. Dude, so I was I competed there, and it was so much fun. The event was awesome, but there was definitely a couple matches that went way too far. So you have to have some sort of a time limit mm-hmm. as well. But I really like the the first to 11 points idea. Um, I think that's super cool. The problem with that is you can just stall until overtime. And then now you don't have to score 11. Now you just score once. So if you were clever, you could just stall your way to the final, score once, and then you win. So that would promote, in my opinion, it would promote people just getting stupid good at close guard bottom or close guard top only one you only need to be really good at one of them basically but either way so say they get good at close guard bottom close guard top and standing then they just stall the rest of the time and then win those positions that's it and that's what happens with ebi they just the, the top people in ebi like think about it like you can literally go to the ebi finals and win ebi without doing any jujitsu. you don't have to know how to pass guard you don't have to know how to two takedowns you don't have to know how to play guard and, and not let somebody pass your guard. Yeah. Um, you just have to know how to shell up really well and not get subbed. And then in the overtime rounds, you just have to be really good from the spider web or on the back. Yeah. I mean, theor- all, theoretically, yeah, theoretically it doesn't and pan out. There, but, and even yeah. there, you don't have to get subbed. Yeah. I mean, theoretically, yeah, like someone could do that, but you know, proofs in the pudding most of the time, like, the better guy is winning, right? Or the, the more accomplished athlete is winning in these in these rule sets. I mean, I agree, yes, but there's definitely been like look at uh say Gordon Ryan in EBI. There's some people that have made it to the final or to to the overtime rounds with him that had no business making it to the overtime round because they just know how to shell up and stall and stay out or run away and and not get some in. They're like, oh, I, I lost in overtime to Gordon Ryan. It's like, yeah, but did you really? Like, you know, this, this happened to Keith Krikorian and I when, when we fought. 
he literally, I was there. You can watch the video on YouTube. I'm literally telling him like, come on, let's go. Why are you running? Stop running. Come on. Why are go. you running? <laughs> yeah, so, like, so I'm literally talking to him in the match and telling him like, why are you running from everything? I'm literally giving him my legs. I'm literally trying to like give my legs. So he'll start to attack me. So then I can start. So then we can play the game and man, I'll give it to him. That boy is really, really good at overtime. Really good. But like, it's not real. Yeah, because they start <laughs> developing skills surrounding those rule sets, right? Like I know Hispanic yeah. guys, like they're super developed in these areas because they know those are the only rule sets they're going to be training in. Yeah. And that's that's just what I feel the problem is with the with that system. Um, whatever rules you have, somebody will game the rules. They'll play the rules to do the least amount of work that they have to do to win. And you have to, when engineering a rule set, you have to make it in such a way that it can be gamed, but there will be no, there's no room for them to back off the workload. All right. So learning how to stall is a lot easier than learning how to like, I don't know, like actually <laughs> score points or something. Yeah. yeah, but there's something to be said for like everybody can find the loophole in a rule set. Like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. When I fought Felipe Andrew, I was trying to go to overtime, dude. I wasn't gonna submit him. Like, I might, you know what I mean, but not, not in my head. I wasn't gonna. I saw a YouTube comment. Um, they uploaded my match to YouTube uh, versus Hudson Mateos, and like, I'm mm. not gonna lie, it's a boring match. Because I needed it to be boring. Hudson's super strong. He's going to armbar me if I went too close to his legs. So I played. I literally was like, I'm just going to wait until the end and throw a submission and really hope that gives me the fight. And it worked, yeah. and I won. But I'm like, hey, man, I feel like um, sometimes, depending on who you fight, that is part of the professional strategy as an athlete. I feel like every so, sport has people who abuse the rule set. Um I don't so like I, it. I would rather be good enough to submit, and that's what I'm working towards, is to be good enough to just fight my fight every time and, and have a game plan around their jiu-jitsu and not around the rules. But I think so, I, there's there's something to be said for every rule set having that, except for, like, no time limit sub only. Yeah, so well, HAP so, has done – I'm so, I'm sorry, Danny. No, no, go, go, uh, go, go. But AJ has done a great job, yeah, in enforcing, like, zero stalling tolerance, right? Like, like they say 20 seconds, but it's definitely less. Like if you're idle or not moving, they say they, they're, they're threatening the, the, the penalty, right? So I think they've done a really good job at minimizing all the matches to six minutes, pressing action constantly so you're never static, and even like banning some grips, like the, the pant grip, they've, they've banned that so you can't just grab someone's pants, uh, like around the waistband. And things like that. So I think they're doing a really good job of making it so that both athletes are constantly moving, constantly trying to progress, and things like that. Um, but what were you going to say, Danny? Those, those are my no, favorite I, rules. I, I was literally going to bring up almost exactly the same thing. I was yeah. going to say, in a rule set like IBJJF or AJP, if the referees do their job, because it is in the rules that you can't stall like this, and the referees should be able to tell the difference, uh, if they do their job, I mean – Try to stall there. Try to yeah. not – like, that's why those organizations, AJP, IBJJF, that's why their number one grapplers, in my opinion, are better than any number one grapplers in any other organization. And it's because of these rule sets that there's, the rule set itself is so much harder to corrupt and 
to game the system. Now, you can be tactical with it. You can double pull. You can play advantages. You can play all these other things. Um, for sure, it's still a, a more, more often than not a more exciting match than just sub-only or something like this. Also, um, I would say AJP more so than IBGF. Because in IBGF, you can eat a penalty to win. In AJP, a penalty is a – there's no penalties. It's just a point. Yeah, I love that rule. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, you don't get a penalty. It's a point for the other person. Wow. So it's, oh, I, my I, lo- I love that rule. Yeah, they, I think <laughs> Jason. I haven't <laughs> fought AJP in a while. It's been a while since I fought a, uh, an Abu Dhabi Grand Slam. It's a recent rule yeah. change, too, I think. Oh, oh, yeah. Mikey was saying no butt grip, right? Yeah, no butt yeah. grip. Uh, no butt grip. All right. No butt grip. I, I like I, Mikey. He's cool. Oh, Mikey, yeah, man, I love him. He's a good person. Shoot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the last time I fought Abu Dhabi Grand Slam was... 2018 September I was brown belt and back then uh you could I think that it was just kind of more normal it wasn't like yeah it was more like IBJF I would say yeah it felt, it felt way yeah. more IBJJF than that feels like now it's its own rule set dude I think they're really Man, you guys think you guys are the bolo bros doesn't that affect Baron Bolo a lot yeah it does but honestly <laughs> but dude I, I, I lost the match because I grabbed the waist I was winning, and then I grabbed the waistband, and it, it cost me the match, dude. Oh man! See, yeah, I got, I gave, a, I gave a couple points away as well because uh, I grabbed inside the waistband as well. I just wasn't used to it, so I grabbed inside the waistband, yeah. and it gave the guy points. And I was like, okay, now I better submit him. Yeah, but you work for action, you know. You can grab the belt, you know, for the Baron Bull. You can grab like a pocket grip, so instead of grabbing the the waistband, you can grab the extra fabric around the like upper thigh area and grab the collar. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think I think if you want it to work, you could still make it work for sure. Yeah, you guys 100%. Are a bunch of butt, bunch of butt grippers. Bunch of butt grippers. <laughs> <laughs> Detestable. Uh, funny. But no, it, I mean, those are my favorite rules at the moment. Uh, you know, even black belts at six minutes, right? So it's purple, brown, black, because I think they did away with the blue belt division. So it's just purple, brown, and black now, and they're all six minutes. I've seen a lot of people say that. They like there's the, always like I think two pairs. Of- say again. What was that? I was just gonna say that a lot of people like that time limit. Like ten minutes does yes. seem like kind of a long time. The other thing I love yeah, about AJP, I feel like, and that's where the stalling starts to happen, right? Like, yeah. The other thing I love about AJP is just how well they treat their athletes. You really feel like a professional athlete when you're when you're competing in that organization. And I, I think they're doing things the right way, and I hope that they become a lot bigger. Yeah, me too. I, like yeah, I think they're doing a good job differentiating themselves, creating like a little bit of a different rule set, and just being just being different than IBJJF. Still doing the points, but like you said, like encouraging action, really being diligent about penalties for stalling. So they're definitely like I feel like trying to separate from like just the traditional IBJJF rules. Yeah. The only thing I find a little weird is like when they hand you the red belt, and I feel like it's so taboo to put that red belt on. <laughs> like, no, like, I can't. It feels wrong, you know. I'm like, ah, they're like, you well, gotta do it. I'm like, ah, you gotta do it. Well, dude, <laughs> Danny, stripes on it. Fuck. Both of these Dannys are only like five years away from being age. <laughs> <laughs> from being what? Age eligible. Yeah, thanks, buddy. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm going to go find the biggest, more. hardest yeah. rock and kick it. <laughs> <laughs> find one more. One more little, little rock. My bones are brittle. Yeah, right? Any, anything, anything Mr. Jake Watson can do to get at me, he, he'll take that chance. He'll, he'll oh, take it. He'll take yeah. the opportunity. <laughs> right now, 
No, he, just, he oh. came over. He came over. Right. First of all, every time I've ever lost, he's had an amazing bit of advice. It makes me think he might be better than me at jujitsu. First of all, every experience <laughs> I've had, where he's taught me something in jujitsu. It made me think, wow, why did I know that he might be better than me? And then after I lost uh, a devastating loss to Gabriel Arges, where I got choked from my favorite position with one of my favorite chokes, he has the audacity to tell me, why didn't you watch my Instagram channel? I'm like, you know what, Danny? I got better things to do than watch your unsponsored my, ass Instagram I channel. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you – oh, man, I'm sorry. I don't remember – I don't know if you remember this or not, but uh, remember – you had a fight at Nogi Worlds. The the situation you talked about earlier, when I pulled you off the side, I showed you Maze Guard. Yes. Um, and I was like, why do you have who, weird names who, for your guards? Yeah, right. <laughs> who who was that fight against again? I can't remember. That was Gabriel Alme- Gabriel Almeida. Gabriel Almeida. That's who it was. Yeah, and uh, he's a, he's a cool dude. He's gonna fight a third coast grappling Kumite for tomorrow as well, or tonight. Oh, it's tonight yeah. actually. It's tonight. tonight. Um, man, I, I just remember every time, and this is how it's been for me, every devastating loss that I've taken, every time that situation gets really dark and depressing or something for a moment, the first thing that I always do is like, hey, you got to laugh at it. If you can't laugh at that situation, like you're losing in life. So Jake Watson here, we're at Nogi Worlds and, uh, I'm kind of coaching him, yelling at him. I'm like, okay, he, he loses the match. He's devastated, devastated. And the first, like, it wasn't it wasn't even five minutes and i was like you remember that time at nogi worlds a while ago and you fought oh what was that guy's name gabriel Meda, and you got submitted he was like that was five minutes ago shut up (laughs) (laughs) he's like too soon it's It's because kid dale was there yeah and and then it was like it was every every like devastating loss that i've seen jake take i'm always like bro that sucks being you. <laughs> yeah, no. but I'm also I'm also trying to give him some help too. But at the same time, but he does it to me too. He does it to me too. Well, I had a big I had a big revolution moment, re, or like a revitalized revelation. moment. Revelation. There we go. Sorry, I, I read the Bible. I should know that. But um, <laughs> I uh, I thought about it and I was like, man, like I shouldn't be that upset because I'm gonna lose a lot more in my life, regardless of as, as if I skyrocket in skill overnight i'm still gonna lose sometimes so i gotta get over that gotta get over myself really um but it was this that particular time i was really feeling myself and i made such silly mistakes during the match like i don't okay so i don't know if you know this danny but i don't actually uh train nogi uh you would think man jake competes nogi like whenever there's a nogi tournament right yeah like he does a lot i don't do any (laughs) not it nogi competitions or jake watson's nogi training yes (laughs) no what it is is looking at people doing nogi and thinking okay do that (laughs) do what they're doing (laughs) no but in all actuality we just don't have a nogi program in my academy right now we didn't have enough demand for it so that's not a thing um so losing i felt like man it was almost like a kid like not preparing for something and then not getting a good grade on the project and being like, why didn't I, <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, you're not, you shouldn't have won. You weren't supposed to win. What's wrong with you? Oh, um, I wish I knew that. Danny to come up and teach me something that uh, seemed pretty simple. And I'm like, why didn't I think it was literally like, okay, so I'm trying to get under the leg and I'm, I'm making a hook grip on Gabriel's leg and he's just 
stiff arming my arm, right? And just taking his leg back. I can't get under his leg the whole match. And I'm like, why isn't this working? And Danny's like, hey, man, you should have just reached under and clasped your hands together and hooked his leg. I'm like, damn it. Like, I had 10 <laughs> minutes to make that assumption in my head that that might have been a good idea. 10 whole minutes, but I didn't do it. And, I love uh, how you're saying you had 10 whole minutes. Like, oh, I had 10 minutes. To, it's like not months and months to prep for Nosey <laughs> Worlds. Yeah, 10 minutes. I had the match. match. I had 10 minutes. <laughs> There was 10 minutes that I could have spent. It's like, no, you had like a whole training camp you could have spent. Trying in, in, all ser- in all seriousness, though, how much time do you think during a match you actually think about that match? Or um, are you just on autopilot and then you'll think about the match after? When I get into a position I really like, that's when, I, mm. that's when I'll, I'll start thinking. Uh, actually, like, okay, so for instance, um, I wasn't thinking when I almost took Philippe Andrews back. A couple three weeks ago mm. it wasn't thing i was just reacting and but when i was the whole other part of the fight i was actually actively thinking about what a good idea might be from that position so i do a lot i actually feel like my uh my jujitsu lends itself to kind of being able to take a step back and being like okay cool what's a good idea here but mm. um not always my brain doesn't work as well as your guys's i don't know why you guys are asking me all these complicated <laughs> making it seem like I have the capacity to No, Jake, I would have uh, I, I kind of resonate with that. I feel like in my matches there's like moments of self-awareness and then there's also moments where I'm just on autopilot kind of subconsciously going through sequences that I've drilled over and over again. And I mm-hmm. and then you brought up something that's interesting and I think it does have a lot to do with areas where you're more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like your A game areas, you're probably more uh, you know, on, on autopilot or maybe in your case, more self-aware and then in other areas where maybe you're more uncomfortable with me one or the other, I could definitely see that. That's actually pretty yeah. interesting. I, I like, I like myself when I'm competing, when I know I'm competing well and like, is when I'm competing a lot. Like if I'm competing like how Roberto is right now, where it's been like the last eight weekends in a row, it feels like that you're just constantly seeing him. It's like, that's when I feel like I'm competing the best. Cause it's just, yeah. it becomes normal. It's like, it's part of what I do when I'm training in the gym. I'm thinking all the time and I'm thinking about grips and making my grips better and everything like that. When I competed uh, against Hudson, it was like that. It was like I was literally in there the whole time, locked in, thinking about everything that was going on. That uh, Just like basically the whole game plan was don't go into close guard, don't go into 50-50. Um, so it's pretty simple. <clears throat> but with like when I fought Gabriel Arges, I literally got under the leg, made the switch to single leg X with the with the worm or whatever you call it, Dan, uh, Mr. Myra. <laughs> with the lapel. I refuse to call it worm guard. That's just gross. Lapel. S- single leg X worm. It's single leg X with the lapel. Um, <laughs> all right, there's a kid. There's a kid from Maryland, uh, Gannon Lang. Look him up on Instagram. He'll give you a bunch of options from single leg X worm, but he doesn't call it single leg X worm either. He calls it Anubis guard. So I won't listen Anubis. to his instructionals either. Then I'm just kidding. No, but um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But what I meant is I wasn't I wasn't thinking at all. And I looked back at the fight and I was behaving in a way that I would behave if he was putting in a lot of pressure. But Gabriel Arges stood there and grabbed my leg and did. He was ready to like defend something I did, and it made me think like, dude, how immature of me to like to assume something was happening in in a jiu-jitsu match rather than like that would be like me jumping to a conclusion in a conversation before you say anything. Like 
That's, that's that never that is. When we talk. That <laughs> happens all the time when we talk. Because I know your pre- only thing that's going through Danny Myra's head at all times is Thanks. white noise and circus music. That's it. It's just <laughs> and then through the left earphone you hear ba 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 da 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 da, and it's like single leg X worm, and everybody's like ah, there's a crack in his head, the whole nine. So thank you for interrupting me, by the way, Mr. Myra. But yeah, I just feel like uh, I've done a lot of um, improving since then, just watching that match and being like, wow, Jake, that was really shitty. Like, you need to not do that. Uh, you need to not be so impatient. And that's one of the biggest flaws and not just my jujitsu, but like overall in, in my personality and in my character is is uh, being patient and, and learning how to wait for things and not rush. Yeah, one takeaway I got from your match, Jake, was it, it just shows like how well you can be doing like I feel I feel like you had a lot of momentum in, in that in the beginning of the match uh, going your way and you know one mistake as we saw could like change the whole outcome you know what I mean like no. one, literally one mistake you know what I mean and it, it's, it's oh, just dude. a reminder you know that when we're out there we have to make sure that we're super mindful in every position with every grip we make and that we don't like lose sight of what the goal is you know what i mean like i think you performed great man like really up to that point you, you, I, I think your jujitsu was like beautiful and flawless but it just shows you like you could be doing great the first six minutes or whatever and just one mistake could change the whole outcome it's it's, it's an interesting reminder right because yeah this sport's it is crazy. yeah it, why can't you be insightful like your co-host danny myra gosh <laughs> It's like really nice, like man. It's like oh, when, you, when you said you're a fan of me. It's like no, dude, I'm a fan of you. Like Nick sounds. <laughs> Classy. Classy. No, Nick. Nick is that. Nick is that guy that's always kind of. Uh, whenever I'm starting to get in my head a little too much, like about this technique and it should just work and blah blah blah. And Nick's always the guy that's pulling me back, and he's like, okay, so back here in the real world, things work <laughs> like this. No, and, and it's that, important to have people like that, though. Yeah, Danny yeah, talked sure. a lot about losing, man. Like, if, you know, and Danny, you were kind of explaining your kind of philosophy on it. And, dude, it's great because I think as competitors, we all have this slight delusion, you know, because we look at two guys like Hoffa Mendez, Marcelo Garcia, you know, uh, Hodger Gracie, guys who, who had almost near flawless careers and who, 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 you know, would rarely mess up. And we want to be those guys. We, you know, we, to a certain extent, believe we are special, right? I mean, of course, day to day, we we break this egoism just by training and getting tapped in training and things like that. But we do have this pride where we want to go out there and have flawless performances and we want to be the very best in what we do. And but, you know, at the same time, you know, everyone has a different journey. And I think you've helped me with that, Danny, because you've kind of like every time I've lost, you kind of like, you know, used your humor to bring me back and show me like, look, it's, it's just a freaking loss, dude. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is your journey. You can lose, and as long as you learn from that experience, you know that's all that really matters. So all it ever did was make me feel worse about myself. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, the what? So I lost in uh, Tokyo at the Tokyo Grand Slam, and dude, I was like so frustrated because as soon as I lost, Danny freaking lectured me for 15 minutes, dude. (laughs) Like instead of being funny, Danny, he was like freaking like Big Brother, Danny, and I was like, like, "You're an idiot." jiu-jitsu wasn't better he lost simply because of like a tactical mistake that i had made so many times the year before and so to see him start making the same mistakes that i made i was like no 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 no, no. sit your sit your ass down we're not having this i'm not doing this you ain't, you're not making the same stupid mistakes that i've made 
I've learned these lessons, so you don't have to sit your butt down. You're going to listen. And it's like, shut I, up, I, dad. <laughs> I remember having this conversation with him basically. And I was like, we don't have to lose to learn these lessons. You know, you can learn from my losses. I can learn from yours. We can both learn from somebody else's. And that's how we're going to get to the top. We're going to save time. We're going to delegate all the losing out to a bunch of losers. And then we're just going to be the winners. That's what's going to happen. And, wow. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, look, I'm one, I'm one of those losers, so. <laughs> no, I feel like what you guys are talking about is actually really important. Like, like just having each other to be able to, you know, like after you lose, there's some like level of comfort that you can, you know, like one of the other is going to have good advice for the other and you're going to be able to lift each other's spirits. And like, that's something that I feel like is why a lot of like the brothers in jujitsu do really well. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's yeah, a lot of champions come I, I hate I hate when I lose and then people are like, oh, you'll get them next time. Oh, you'll feel better. You're, I'm like, I don't care about my feelings. I do not care about my feelings. I care about my goals. I, I, I want to reach my goals. So are you helping me reach those goals or are you going to sit here and try to console me like a little baby? I was like, I don't care. I was like, so either give me some useful information or piss off. And uh, luckily, luckily, Nick is always there giving me useful information um otherwise i would tell him to piss off too <laughs> oh dang <laughs> but i was yeah, waiting no, for he, it. no he, he he nick never gives me anything that isn't isn't useful um and you know he'll he doesn't really like try to console me too much he'll, if i'm really taking it hard he'll be like look man you know and he'll he'll talk to me and, and stuff but he's a nice guy we joke about it but uh you know he's definitely every time i lose he's there to pull me back up every time i win um he's there to push me forward even further and uh, I try to always do the same for him. And, and that's how we do with all our friends. Like, you know, we talk about our teammates and everybody else, but the people who are our friends, really, like, that's who that's how we treat them. That's how, like, you know, look at you, Jake. Like, you know, we're friends. I, you know, I'll be on the sideline coaching you, screaming at you, cheering for you. I'll try to teach you something backstage afterwards. I'll give you criticism. I'll make fun of you. I'll joke with you. And then we go out to eat later and we're friends. And, like, for me, you're a teammate. You know, you're, you're a friend, you're a teammate. That's how it is. Now we don't wear the same patch on the gi, maybe, but I, you know, six inches of cloth isn't going to be doing all too much when you're trying to get choked. So, uh, for Very me, true. that's the, the biggest thing uh, mm-hmm. about like a, having a good team mentality. And I feel like for what Nick and I are starting right now, what we're trying to put our studio together and we're trying to do all this stuff, the team mentality that Nick and I have as brothers is something that we're going to push forward to all our students and everybody else that we can, uh, help compete and help chase their goals maybe they're not even jujitsu goals but by training jujitsu understanding how they can actually stay dedicated disciplined and if they are willing to sacrifice that they can reach their goals and they can feel confident through hard work that's really inspiring and that's really really true and i appreciate that those that meant a lot to hear because uh you know they're like like nick also reaffirmed <laughs> it's, it no what i'm saying is like it's like dude it sucks losing. Like losing sucks. Yeah. And I and when you are an incredibly driven person, like not just with your guys's Bolo Bros podcast and with your guys's equally uh inspiring and uh progressive careers in different aspects. I mean, you guys have resumes that speak for themselves. But it's just like, man, you get off the mat after a fight like that and it is just it sucks. Like it's like, yeah. oh man, like 
you're so close. Like, I'm sure you guys have had uh, matches where you guys are both there for each other. And like me at Nogi Pans, like Danny and I hung out at Nogi Pans. He saw me lose to Jonatas Gracie like 12 to zero. And I got off the mat and I was like, well, that sucked. And then we went out to eat and he, we talked about what I could do better in the match. And I genuinely try to work on it. And um, I think that that's another thing. And like, as, as we're nearing like the one hour and, and 40 something minutes into this podcast, uh, it's something that I like to kind of round off and think about is like, what are like, we're doing, we're trying to do a lot for the community, but you guys are also have your own podcast. You guys have your own goals with that. And that right there, what you just kind of talked to me about, like how we're able to be friends off the mat. There's a stigma with competitors where it's like, they think that they have to be like, man, like, like me, you know how much I want to get lunch with Ronaldo jr. Like I want to get lunch with that dude and just break whatever beef he has with me. You know what I mean? Like, I really do. He's a, dude, inspiring competitor because he just, like, puts his nose to the grindstone and just goes. And that guy's got, that guy's in better shape than I'll ever be in my entire life. You know what I mean? Like, I, I will never be in that good of shape, I don't think. Yeah. And he just goes, he doesn't, like, what is his gas tank? That dude has, like, a freaking, like, powers on NASA spaceship in, in his <laughs> chest. So, it, that's inspiring to me. I love him. But, like, he won't yeah. shake my hand. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know what I did. <laughs> Maybe I was just too funny. Maybe I'm too handsome. Who knows? But uh, I want to get to the it's bottom. It's got to be that. It's got to be that, right? But no, what I'm saying is, all jokes aside, it means a lot that you guys have that similar uh, intensity and in how passionate you are about other people. And I think that's the sign of like a future successful project. So uh, I probably can speak for Danny. I don't want to speak for Danny, but we we both wish you guys the best of luck in that aspect for sure. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that and means the world to us. Yeah, and, and and that's kind of something me and Danny tell people that we train with all the time, our students or people that look up to us that, you know, we look at jiu-jitsu as technique versus technique. You know, I never go out there and look at my competitor, you know, as me going against them as a human being. Like, it's not me versus Danny. It's me versus his moves. My my knowledge of jiu-jitsu versus his knowledge of jiu-jitsu. You know, and I think some people get too caught up in that idea that you know it's about them and it's about everyone else uh, when really like what we're trying to do is spread the love of jujitsu and make jujitsu known for its its technique you know and, and 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 make it more about that than it is about beating people you know and i think that's a big part of a, a big part of it you know yeah. yeah yeah i think you guys have such a good mindset and i feel like you guys are gonna, probably gonna be black belt soon and you're gonna you know, take everything you've learned, all those lessons from the lower belts and bring it oh. to black belt. And that's when I feel like the flow grapplings of the world and the other media outlets are going to give you the credit that you're due is when you're facing the top level black belts. They won't be able to deny you guys. So hopefully that happens soon. Yeah. Right now, New York might not open until next spring, according to the governor, you know, uh, until they have a vaccine. Hopefully that's not true. Uh, some gyms are suing uh, the government over there. So hopefully you know, something comes out of it where maybe they can't open prior to that. But for the most part, we don't know. So, but hopefully, man. Thank you, Danny. Ho ho yeah. ho hopefully, <laughs> jujitsu will be a thing uh, in New York again. Hopefully, competitions will start up again. And hopefully, we'll get promoted eventually one day. I can't um, wait to see the post Nick Salas makes when he gets promoted. Hey. <laughs> Bro, it'll be like this. I'll tell you. All right, ready? Nick Salas, uh, he goes, uh, the picture's there promoted to black belt with oh uh, yeah okay the the goat the legend and one of the nicest guys marcelo garcia boom promoted <laughs> boom Thanks, promoted. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it
That's it. That's, That's like a black it. and white picture. You can't even tell it's a black belt. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be the best. Uh, it's just a really picture. dark new brown belt. Yeah, yeah. Black, <laughs> black and white picture. Fellow Nick. Thanks, everybody. Like, shout outs to, to Moya Brand for the free geese. That's yeah. going yeah. to be in the comments because he forgot to put it. It's like, oh, I didn't want to sound, and I didn't I didn't want to sound uh, abrasive. I just wanted to. You That's know. so funny. That's hilarious. Yeah, no, Nick is not a very, uh, like, I feel like sometimes you don't even know if he's like, it's like, he might be really excited. He might be really happy during a role uh during life whatever i don't know but then like during life. even even even, <laughs> during the life, way, yeah. even the even the other way he's like really pissed off or whatever like all right so here's an example we'll have a role so him and i will be training at the house we'll be like trying to kill each other we'll have a role that'll be very intense uh and then uh like other people are there watching and they're looking at us like yo why are you guys fighting like it's like an intense role and then it's like after the match i'm like oh good round good round. he's like yeah, yeah good round good round good work but you don't know if he's pissed off. You don't know if he's. <laughs> you don't know if he thinks he just got the. Because I feel I'm like, dude, he just got the better of me. And then, uh, but that's how I feel. So, I, but I'm very vocal with that. I'm like, all right, I feel I did this wrong and did that wrong. And I start trying to go over it in my brain. And sometimes I'll talk about it out loud. More often than not, Nick doesn't do that. He doesn't talk out loud like that. <laughs> and so Nick, I'm always sitting there, and I'm always like, does he think he just killed me? Because that's how I feel. Or does he like? think that he's is he frustrated right now is he pissed off like i can't tell is he in his head right now talking round. mad shit like yeah like i don't know he, he usually he talks smack out loud usually when he does that. <laughs> it's pretty good it's, it's, it's funny it's good to talk like we just talk smack when we roll most of the time so it's pretty funny that's cool i like that dynamic i have i have training partners like that too yeah. oh and, and that's that's one of the best things you know like being able to push each other like being able to like try to kill each other without taking it personally no hard feelings uh you know not a lot of people have, have that you know and i can't do that with everyone you know some people take it personally so at least me and danny will have days where we flow together you know the, the ability to kind of like manipulate our training based on how we feel and and then other days just go for uh <laughs> it's a great thing you, you know but dude danny, brohada I, I didn't want. I didn't tell Danny yet, but I filmed an instructional with Paul Schreiner, our coach, over in Boston with Bernardo for BJJ Fanatics. And you guys mentioned the the maze guard, and it's cool because Paul actually shows the maze guard and gives a shout out to Danny. So I thought that was pretty oh, cool. That's oh, that is awesome. Yeah. Does he get Does he get royalties on all the the sales? Yeah. No. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> oh, is that really awesome? awesome. I, I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> I doubt sick, I get anything. Dude. I see more people are doing BGD Fanatics right now with uh, people going to Bernardo and, and getting – that's really cool. We're going to promote that. When we make the post for this, uh, we'll, we'll put links that people can go see your stuff. That's really cool, dude. Yeah, we have a, an instructional on the Grapplers Guide too with the uh, bolos and everything. Um, and we're actually just about to release some instructionals from the Bolo Bros uh, basement, if you will, uh, the Bolo Bros studio. Uh, we're about to release instructional from that, so stay tuned, stay on the lookout, and uh, yeah, ho hopefully it's gonna help a lot of people. And uh, we're gonna end up being like the WikiLeaks of Jiu-Jitsu, but it is what it is. We'll talk about that another time. Yeah, I definitely want to encourage everyone to uh, to get the Grappler's Guide and to check out their instructional because I, I have it. It's really good, super detailed. You can tell they've put like a ton of thought into it, um, going to all the different reactions that you can get from the position. So everyone should definitely check that out. It's a really good deal too. Yeah, I just feel like there's not enough people out there really like systemizing 
positions that they play because they're afraid of giving that information out to the world. So I feel like what me and Danny are really going for is just making like high quality jiu-jitsu accessible for everyone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not, not watering it down so a few key, key details like slip the crack and no one really knows them. You know what I mean? Like just like kind of like giving it all, all out so that it kind of incentivizes us to push our boundaries in our jiu-jitsu so that we're constantly innovating and finding new positions so that doesn't kind of make us, uh, you know, just static and, and, and yeah. stuck in our ways. So, yeah. And it's so, not like they're going to like, you're giving away that and all of a sudden they're going to magically like, no. like you're still good at it. It's still, yeah. it's not like it makes yeah. you worse. And you never show good at that position. Yeah. It's not like you're going to show the position and then somebody else is going to watch it. And by the next week they're going to come fight you and they're going to be better at the position than you've been. Yeah. Like, the whole, like that's, that's not how it's going to work either. But also like, all right. So if we show a position and we show it very deeply, right. That's only going to make other people figure out more things and it's going to make us have to figure out more things to counter because we like we do all those positions on each other too so we we're always trying to beat each other with those positions so bam we're always trying to outdo and outsmart the next person we don't want to just win we don't want to we don't want to just beat people on an advantage or points we want to like obliterate them on the scoreboard or submit them like every match that's how i feel that's my my thing i think nick is only happy when he just submits people but like you know for me personally like if i'm beating you like 25 0 and like oh i ran out of time before i could submit you like i'm okay with that but if it's like two two and then i win by an advantage or if it's like four to two or it's like six to four or something like i'm not happy with that i look i'm happy i won but i am not happy in any way shape or form that i was not good enough to obliterate you and annihilate you on the scoreboard and if i can't do that or, or submit you time to get to work and uh, so it's basically always been time to get to work, but uh, we're getting closer. Okay. Well, <laughs> Danny, uh, I th also, Mr. Myra, I think that you should uh, include um, an instructional on how to have a, uh, a cooler personality. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Danny I, I O'Donnell. I don't know anything about that. I don't uh, have any sorry. I, w I, I couldn't tell that joke earlier because you went into a really deep and thought-provoking. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Jake. <laughs> I'm gonna be Use an your timing right well. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, Jake's a legend. I love it. Uh, no, I just love making like Danny. Danny is one of the few people that I became friends with like instantly. Like I hung out with him <laughs> once. We were good friends. I was like, cool, all right. But uh, anyway, Danny O'Donnell, do you have anything else you want to ask these two fine gentlemen? No, I think you guys kind of alluded to some of your plans earlier. So if, if there's anything else you guys want to share, if not, um, I'm sure people can follow you on social media and keep up to date with you that way. But if you have anything else you guys want to talk about or any news just let us know um yeah just please follow uh at danny freestyle on instagram the l is a one though because the other one was taken so uh follow <laughs> at bolo bros podcast on apple itunes podbean soon to be spotify i think it's already up there i don't know um and then uh nick yeah follow me at that Nick Salas, T-H-A-T, Nick Salas, two L's. Uh, we're going to be releasing, you know, content, you know, so make sure to stay tuned. We're going to be releasing instructionals. Uh, if anybody's interested in booking us for super fights or getting us in there on a bracket, just let us know. Seminars. We're seminars. Uh, we're accessible. Just slip in our DMs and let us know what's up. Ooh. There will be no slipping. There will be sliding. You know I mean, <laughs> they're going to do it willingly. Um, yeah, uh, we're going to talk to Jordan. <clears throat> Danny and I are going to talk. I literally messaged Jordan. I was like, dude, I got a money idea. 
And he's like, let's hear it. I was like, I'm gonna have to call you in like 25 minutes. And that was an hour ago. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm gonna call him. I'm gonna talk to him, and then I'll message you guys both on Instagram uh, what he says. But yeah, I'm gonna, I'm really gonna push for that for you to be able to see you guys at Woodstock. Uh, that would be amazing. Yeah, definitely. Everybody, you need to follow these guys. They are definitely not only are they paving their way into the future of competitive jujitsu, but they're amazing human beings. They're doing a lot for our sport behind the scenes that aren't getting a lot of attention. We're trying. Uh, I mean, I know they're trying their best. We're trying our best to. You know, we're not as big. We're, we're, we're the behind the scenes people really trying to push for media and jujitsu, but you know, it's you guys who listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, that, uh, that make it possible for us, uh, Bolo Bros and Open Guard Cast. And, uh, yeah, we want to thank you guys for coming on. We're really excited for everything you guys are going to do. Uh, this will be uploaded to YouTube tonight. So you guys will be able to see your shining faces, uh, <laughs> And I'm done roasting Danny, so Danny, you have a shining face too, or at least you would if you didn't have a full beard. Uh, truthfully, I'm just jealous of your of your masculinity. It's I'm, I'm feel I feel attacked by your presence, but uh, I still can't grow a beard. It's I can't fair. grow a beard. My dad has a beard. He makes fun of me every day. Uh, anyway, uh, just kidding. Hey, least, I'm just kidding. Yeah, it's because I'm just having painful flashbacks of my dad whenever I look at Danny. (laughs) So waiting for him to come back from the store. I'm just just kidding. (laughs) And it's a horribly dark joke to end on. No, but hey, ladies and gentlemen, you can use our discount code OpenGarCast25 if you want to get thick and swole. If you want to become marginally more attractive, really – Use Election Performance. Uh, it's an it's a 25% discount. Let's put things into perspective. If you wanted to become 25% more attractive than you are right now and you are 100% ugly, that means you are going to become 25% attractive. That's a risk I'm willing to take. Take that risk with Election Performance. That was probably the best promo I've done for them so far. Um, That's a good one. Also, we are the official commentary team of BJJ Woodstock. If you guys want to hear me and Danny O'Donnell commentate, tune in. BJJ Woodstock is going to be an amazing event. It's a festival. It's a three-day festival, by the way, gentlemen. You'll be able to attend one of my. You'll be able. You'll be able to attend a Jake Watson seminar. Will there be slushies? Yeah, actually, there's going to be like food vendors and everything. Will there be like those cheese sticks wrapped in pepperoni? Because Danny can't go. It's an Iowa. Cheese sticks wrapped in pepperoni. By the way. Uh, yeah, it's a diabetes awareness seminar. That's what, it's, that's what it is. Um, oh, you're a savage, Nick. But hey, that was that was really funny. I actually really want one of those now. But oh, um, man, not you, Jake. Not you too. What? Nick, geez, Nick makes fun of me every time. I'll never make that. Oh man. He makes fun of me every time I eat one of those. He's like, you're. It looks degenerate. good, dude. But in our, we have a friend named Marcus. He yeah. said it's a subpar cheese stick wrapped <laughs> wrapped in a subpar. Mar- Marcus says, Marcus says he would take the pepperoni off, place new cheese in, and then rewrap it so that he could eat it with actual cheese this oh time. Oh my god, that is awesome. <laughs> I'm eat one of those now. Then he unwraps cheese. it again and puts new pepperoni on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. You guys are great. Everybody, please follow them. Um, I'm gonna be on one of their episodes one day, hopefully. Danny will be yeah, ho- ho- me. Hopefully soon. We need we need you guys to come on. Yeah, yeah we great. would love. Actually, yeah, both of us, huh? I told Danny that we. It's not. It, you can't get me without Danny. <laughs> now on. Yeah, let's do it, man. Hey, you guys are great. Thank you so much. Danny, FYI, I was the one telling Jake. I was like, I don't want you. I just need to use you to get to Danny. (laughs) His old person radar went off. He was like, man, I need (laughs) diversity.
<laughs> and Danny was like, listen, dude, I'm youthful 30. You're like looking, your knees are all rickety. My game, oh, my Danny, Nick. All right. And by the way, this is why they knew about that thing earlier that like, oh my God, I remember that Jeff Glover tournament. We weren't alive when that tournament happened. <laughs> so yeah, that was like 2012 or something. I just saw Nick Salas go like, I don't know what he's talking yeah, about. I was like, yep, we weren't alive. sitting there. <laughs> on our computers with our one fingers, like, all right, no, there's a search <laughs> button here. Where's the map? I don't know. Uh, shit, this isn't a TI-84. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, before Danny uh, Myra blows a hip out, Danny O'Donnell, <laughs> take us out of here. <laughs> well, <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening. That was uh, episode 33 of the Open Guard cast with the Bolo Bros, Danny Myra, and Nick Salas. So definitely check them out. Follow them on Instagram. And we'll see you guys soon. <laughs> hey, thank Legends. you guys.